0: Welcome to the "Be About Being Better" podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacey, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly. So I'm so happy that you're here, so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am stoked for y'all to hear this interview. This is packed with so much knowledge. I'm really excited for y'all to hear from my friend and colleague in the field, Mel Spinella. So I met Mel at Columbia. We did our master's program together and she sped ahead and she completed a year ahead of us and she um, she's now a registered dietitian and she has specialized in fertility, prenatal and postpartum nutrition. And she specifically specializes in working with very busy people. So I'm like, okay, girl, we got to bring you on the show because um, I know I'm super single right now, but I am already starting to take prenatal vitamins and I'm already thinking about how to optimize fertility. Y'all know that I love cycle syncing. Like I'm just all about the hormone health and optimizing fertility. And I wanted to bring Mel on because she is just so up to date on all of the recommendations that you need three to five years out from pregnancy, one year out from pregnancy, while you're pregnant, and postpartum, our fourth trimester. People don't talk about the fourth trimester, but it is so, so important. So I'm really excited for y'all to hear from Mel because she is just a wealth of knowledge. And just knowing her in person through our grad program, she's just such a genuine soul. She She cares so deeply about people. And I can only imagine that she's transferring that compassion to her patients as well. She's She's just so fabulous, and I, I have a lot of respect for her. So I'm really excited for y'all to hear from her and gain the knowledge. And one thing I want to emphasize is that when it comes to prenatal care, fertility, pregnancy recommendations, like it is so individualized. Everyone has a different health history. Everyone has a different body. Everyone's at risk for different things. So as we're talking about some general nutrition recommendations for before pregnancy, during pregnancy, postpartum. Just know these are in general recommendations. Like, do, do not, you know, you got to work with a doctor, a dietitian one on one so that you can figure out what is best for you individually. And so you'll get a lot of insights during some, you'll gain a lot of general knowledge. However, I just want to emphasize as a disclaimer everything is on a nutrition, on an individual basis when it comes to nutrition. So you want to make sure that you're working with a healthcare professional to make sure that you're getting the right recommendations for you and your body to get to your goals and have the best fertility and pregnancy experience overall. So I'm really excited for y'all here in this episode, because even if you're not planning to get pregnant for three to five years, um, the, the, this is all very relevant to you. And we're going to be talking about different recommendations for all different phases of the life cycle. Okay, so thanks for listening. And I'll see you next Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am joined today by my girl, my friend, and colleague in the field, Mel Spinella. I am so excited
1: to have you, Mel. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Abby. I'm so excited to be here and to catch up and chat with you today. Yes,
0: and you're going to tell us all of the things. And y'all, one of the reasons I wanted to bring Mel on the show is she really specializes in two areas. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about fertility, pre and postnatal care and nutrition, but I also want to let y'all know that Mel is, she, she's really great with busy professionals. And that is something that I specialize in as well. It's like, how do we make health simple? Because what's simple is sustainable. So that's one thing that I really appreciate about you, girl. And, um, I just think it's so needed.
1: Yay. Yeah, I know. I love that you are are also catering your content towards busy professionals, Mm -hmm. you know, just showing people that it is attainable to eat healthy if you have a busy schedule. Um, there's a lot of tips and tricks that you can do, and it doesn't have to be this big complicated thing. Yes, totally. Absolutely. So to dive in,
0: one question I always start with all of our guests with asking is what is something that you've been through in your life that now hindsight is 2020. We can look back and know that it changed us for the better or made our life
1: better? So I would say having not a great relationship with food Mm -hmm. in college and in my early 20s, and now being on the other side of that, because I can now eat without feeling guilty. I don't stress and second guess over every food choice I make. But most importantly, my mind isn't occupied with thoughts about food Mm -hmm. 24-7, and I can focus on more important things besides, you know, exactly what I'm eating all of the time. And it's interesting because when I was in it, I didn't see it as a problem. Mm. Um, I thought I was just being healthy, which is a positive thing. Right. But now being on the other side, I see how problematic my approach was. And now I see so many people, you know, with a poor relationship for, with food or getting caught in the diet cycle. And like, there is another way. Mm-hmm. Um, eating healthy should make you feel good both physically and mentally. Yes. And if it's not, you may want to reassess your relationship with food.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. If you're like hungry all the time, if you're restricting yourself, if it seems hard to keep up with, if it's infringing on your social life, if you're just miserable all the time, like definitely something to evaluate there. Um, so that's great that you've really made it on the other side. And um have recognized that oh wow when i heal my relationship with food so many other things in my life improved my health was really holding me back
1: totally and i think like just the emotional and like mental burden too that it took mm-hmm. up like the occupation of you know of thinking about what i was eating all the time and you know i went through different phases like initially it was calorie counting later I had, you know, more like orthorexic tendencies, but it can be really mentally exhausting. And now, you know, it's funny because now my approach is like very simple and like showing that, you know, it really can be easy. So it's just, it's interesting being on the other side and how freeing it can be and how, you know, food doesn't need to be this big complicated thing. It can be simple. It can fit into a healthy, busy lifestyle.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, I think we struggle as, well, you're a dietitian, I'm RD to be almost there. Um, I think we struggle sometimes in our field because what we do, what we recommend, what really works isn't always the flashiest, sexiest recommendation it's like, we just need to eat more fruits and vegetables. We just need to balance our plate. It's not always a supplement or greens powder that we're recommending. Actually, we probably wouldn't recommend that. Um, So I think that's really refreshing. People are looking for these, these different products and different supplements, things that are flashier and seem more exciting when in reality, what really works is the basics.
1: Totally. And I see that all of the time with my patients. Like people are so, they get really hung up in the details and like have a really micro focus. And they'll be asking exactly like you were saying about certain supplements or, you know, is it the oil I'm cooking with Mm -hmm. or just like these very tiny details in their diet. But what I noticed is most people don't have the basics down pat. Like most people aren't eating enough fruits and vegetables. You know, I see a lot of people not eating balanced meals with protein, carbs, healthy fats, Mm -hmm. veggies. Um, not eating consistently, Um, maybe drinking too much caffeine, maybe not getting enough sleep. Like Mm -hmm. there's a ton of things like more on the macro level that, we can look at first and can address a lot of, of a lot of issues that
0: I see. Yeah, definitely. So that's really what I want to dive in with you today because I really want to show, hey, if you are prepping for fertility, even if you are three to five years out from wanting to have a kid, like if you are listening to this right now and you are single as a Pringle like me, hi, hello, um, but you know that eventually you want to have a family, what can you already start to do now that would help? prep for fertility, make sure your hormones are... Just make sure that you're doing everything to optimize your health before that time comes. And we'll kind of go through each of the stages of the life cycle, if you will, um, to see what the nutrition care is for mom and before you become a mom. Um, But what I would like to ask you first is what made you want to get into Focusing on women's health and fertility nutrition specifically.
1: That's a good question. So, I would say I first got into just like generally speaking, women's health mm-hmm. uh, in our first class in uh, first semester in our master's program, um, it was human development. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first learned about prenatal nutrition, and it's something that had like never really crossed my mind. And I just found it so interesting, like, The connection between what mom eats and how it can impact the baby, and just like what an important component nutrition Mm -hmm. was. Um, And then, throughout, um, as I did my internship, I knew I wanted to focus on prenatal nutrition. But with that, I got exposure to nutrition preconception and also nutrition postpartum. And I realized, you know, how important it is through multiple stages and not only during the prenatal time. And, you know, Nutrition is really important for preconception for a variety of different reasons. Like one, to build up your nutrient stores, which I can definitely go into more details on. Um, two, like there's no magical food, I would say, that's like going to you know optimize your fertility. But eating a nutritious diet overall can just put your body in the best position possible um, for preconception. Awesome, awesome, yeah. So it's really
0: these like more simple recommendations versus one specific superfood that's going to. Uh, which I don't, I don't even know what a superfood is. I feel like that's a term I made up by the fitness yeah. hyper- <laughs> industry. But there's no one uh, food that's going to totally radically change your hormones um, or optimize fertility. So let's let's start then with people that are maybe three to five years out from wanting to get pregnant. What health recommendations would you recommend for for that person?
1: Yeah, so I would say there's some general things, and then there will be an individual component as mm-hmm. well. So just like generally speaking, first I would say just getting a solid nutritional foundation. Mm-hmm. So focusing on eating majority of the diet being whole foods and limiting those ultra processed foods. So when I say whole foods, I mean foods like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats like avocados, nuts, and seeds, mm-hmm. high quality protein sources, um, foods like that. And then just limiting like ultra processed packaged foods, those tend to just be higher in fat and added sugars and lower in nutritional content. Mm -hmm. Then when you're eating, I would say focus on eating balanced meals. Um, Balanced meals have protein, healthy fat and carbohydrates um, and lots of non-starchy veggies in them. And then eating consistently. So to me, I like to see people eating about every three to four hours. And this will depend on what your day looks like like it could be you know it's going to include meals three meals and snacks um just depending on how your day shakes out but i see a lot of people skipping this step taking you know big skips between meals or maybe not eating a lot during the day and then they're ravenous at night so focusing on getting consistent meals is really important to get that consistent fuel throughout the day Um, and then just prevent going into the next meal feeling overly hungry if you've waited too long. Cause if you go into a meal or snack feeling overly hungry, that's when you tend to overeat and it can also influence your food choices. Cause when you're really hungry, like you're not gonna like be like, oh great, like let me prep this salad, you know? (laughs) It's like, you want food now, you're gonna grab like what's available. Um, So that consistent fuel and making sure that they're balanced can be really helpful. then during this time it's important to learn of any nutritional deficiencies that you have mm-hmm. and work on correcting them so making sure that you're getting regular blood work done and just being aware of your nutritional status because during pregnancy and as you get closer to when you get 3 months out or so to pregnancy certain nutrients are really important so you want to you know start correcting any deficiencies that you have just to make sure that you have really built up those nutrient stores and they're at a good level. Also making sure you're eating the right amount based on your body's needs. Yes. So making sure you're, you're eating enough is one really big thing because eating insufficient calorie intake or just having intense dietary restrictions could lead to weight loss, uh, possibly amenorrhea or loss of period. Mm -hmm. And that could negatively impact fertility. And then also restricted diets just generally limit your nutrient intake. And as I've mentioned, you know, this is a time when you want to build up your nutrient stores and nutrient intake is so important. And then I would also say something that's important during this time is just overall working on your relationship with food mm. and body image. If you have been in the dieting cycle or struggled with eating healthy in the past, this would be a really good time to focus on your relationship with food and building those sustainable, healthy habits. Because when you're pregnant, your body is obviously going to go through some changes and even though it's expected, it doesn't mean that women don't struggle with seeing their body change. And that's why it's really important to work on your body image and your relationship with food before you get pregnant. Because when you're pregnant, it's not just about you. You're not only just nourishing yourself. But, also, your future child and nutrition can have a really significant impact on your future baby's growth and development,
0: yeah, a hundred percent. I'm really happy that you spoke to that, so it's so important to work on your body image now, but also that relationship with food and I'm curious how would you reconcile because I think a lot of the advice that we get is to eat whole foods and decrease or limit, or some people even say completely remove ultra processed foods, which is that even realistic? I don't know how can someone work to limit ultra processed food intake while still improving their relationship with food and maybe trying to work foods back in? Like, how do we find that
1: balance? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would never tell anyone to, you know, never eat an ultra processed food again. Um, I definitely believe all foods can fit into a healthy diet. Love it. Um, it, (laughs) It's all about balance. Um, But one thing I would say is, you know, you you want the foundation of your diet to be those balanced, nutritious meals. Um, So trying to fit whole foods in as much as possible. And I like to tell patients to not reach for, you know, the desserts or ultra processed foods when they're hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. That's more like, like when you're hungry, have the nourishing foods, and then have the ultra processed foods kind of with that, as more like to satisfy a taste or craving, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. So basically if you eat the ultra processed food, like chips, ice cream, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's say like that's the food that you really want um, and you're hungry. So if you're hungry and you're eating that, like you may overeat that and eating a large amount of like chips, for example, may not feel great. So for example, maybe if you had some like, Greek yogurt or like a banana and peanut butter or some veggies and dip. And then you had the chips that may feel a little bit better because then you're getting you know, the nutrition, you're getting a more balanced meal or snack, and then you're also getting the food that you love in. Yes. I love that. So it's more about what are we adding to
0: make this more satiating and more nutrient dense versus we need to limit the amount of ultra processed foods that we're having.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yes. Okay. I love that. I love that. Now, as we're getting closer to fertility, maybe like a year out, do any of these nutrition considerations change as we're like, okay, we're getting serious now, really want to get pregnant in the next year?
1: Yeah. So this is where I would focus in more on certain nutrients. Mm. So one thing that's really important is getting on a high quality prenatal vitamin. Okay. Um, So typically recommended about at least three months in advance of becoming pregnant to get on a prenatal vitamin. Um, just to start you know, building up those nutrient stores and certain nutrients are really important in early pregnancy. For example, folate or folic acid is really important for the closure of the neural tube. And that happens in the first few weeks of pregnancy, often before most women even know that they're pregnant. So it's important to, you know, be taking a prenatal vitamin before pregnancy, just to make sure your body is getting the nutrients it needs, especially those that are important earlier in pregnancy and prenatal vitamins are a whole different topic. There are so many out on the market and they vary so much. Um, There's, there's no standard formula for a prenatal vitamin, so Mm -hmm. they don't all contain the same nutrients they don't all contain the same forms of nutrients. Um, Some forms of nutrients are more bioavailable or readily absorbed and utilized by the body than others. Mm -hmm. And they can contain pretty different quantities of nutrients as well. Um, So I won't go into details on that, but I mean, I have, you know, I have a blog post on that. If anyone is interested in reading, you know, what I look for in a prenatal vitamin. And I also have, Um, a free prenatal vitamins handout as well. um, Oh, girl. All right. We're
0: going to link all of that in the show (laughs) notes. So just head to the show notes. We'll put the blog post in there. We'll definitely link to your handout so that people can read more about that Um, because that's so important. And I actually... I'm literally so single right now, but I was like, I need to be on a prenatal vitamin. <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to make my hair grow. And I heard that they can make your hair grow. <laughs> so we'll see if that actually works. And I just, I'm not taking a multivitamin right now because I eat pretty nutritiously. And like, my, I recently had blood work. Everything's looking good. Um, I'm no longer vitamin D deficient. So that makes me feel good. Yay! But I was like, I kind of just <laughs> wanted something and. I like gummy vitamins. I kind of wanted a gummy something in the morning. And I know that I needed to find one that didn't have any iron in it because I'm a carrier for hemochromatosis. So I store iron. So it's very dangerous. Yeah. It's really dangerous for me to have um, iron in a supplement. So, and my doctors have always said like, whenever you start taking prenatals, like don't have any iron. So I think I'll have to watch that because I know that iron is something that we want to be. Like our babies need to store up because they need that for the first six months of life before they start yeah. you know, having their own store. So I'll have to work on that with my doctor. But so yeah, I when I was looking the other day at all the prenatal vitamins, I could tell they do not have the same formula. Like everyone is really different. Is there a certain form of like folate or folic acid that you would recommend or look for
1: one or the other? Yeah. So that's a great question. Before I answer that, I just want to point out something that you said, you know, about, you know, you specifically like look for one without iron. And that's Mm -hmm. a great point. It's just that it's really individualized. Um, So there are certain prenatal vitamins that I like more than others, but which one you take is so dependent on the person because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have different health conditions. We all have different nutritional deficiencies. Different people eat different diets, like maybe someone has an allergy or they're vegetarian or vegan. So Mm -hmm. different nutrients are going to be important for different people. Um, So it's definitely person dependent. But in terms of certain forms of nutrients, so yes, folate, folic acid, that is always an important topic. Um, So Just to clarify what this is, so folate um, is a certain B vitamin, and that's sort of the umbrella term for folate and folic acid, but folate is actually the type of the vitamin that occurs naturally in foods, and then folic acid is the synthetic form that is found in certain supplements as well as in fortified foods. So I think it's fortified in like pastas and things like that. Right. Folic acid uh, was a popular version of the vitamin for a while because it is a more bioavailable version. However, some women contain the MTHFR mutation, Mm -hmm. which basically prevents folic acid from being converted into its active form. So you can get the active form in a supplement, and that's 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate. So that is the activated form of the vitamin. It's also called methylated folate. That form is readily absorbed and utilized by the body. Mm. And that's the methylated folate. Um, Similarly for B12, there's a methylated form and that's methylcobalamin. All the things. So would you
0: recommend (laughs) only taking the methylated form if you have that MTHFR
1: gene? Yeah. So taking the methylated form is definitely important just because if you're taking folic acid, it's going to be harder to convert to that methylated form. Mm. Uh, So generally speaking, I like the methylated form because it's the more bioavailable form. Okay. Awesome.
0: Or folate wouldn't be, that would just be in foods, but if it's in a supplement, it would always be folic acid or the methylated form.
1: That's typically what I see. Okay, cool.
0: All right, cool. Well, thank. I'm like learning for the RD exam right now. This is <laughs> this is fabulous. Okay, amazing. Um, so that makes sense. Is there anything that you would recommend? Because I know you mentioned before getting blood work, and that's really important. And so I'm always on the show harping like we got to you know get tested for vitamin D to see if you're deficient there. Uh, but is there any other specific labs that you would recommend that people ask for to keep track of?
1: Yeah. So I would say vitamin D is an important one. Um, a lot of people are vitamin D deficient, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing what your nutrient stores are for vitamin D and whether or not, like if you're deficient, you may require more supplementation um, than someone who, who starts out with, solid vitamin D stores. Um, also, you know vitamin D3 has been shown to more effectively raise your vitamin D levels than vitamin D2. So that's something that you may want to consider looking for in a prenatal vitamin. Other than that, iron is something that's important um, that's a nutrient that's especially important later on in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. They can also they can test your folate as well, they can test your B12 as well but just getting general blood work and just being aware of, you know, if you are anemic or have any other of these nutrient deficiencies. Um, And especially if you have any dietary restrictions that would cause any nutrients to be of particular concern, it would be important to to look into those. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank
0: you. And then skipping to, well... I feel like there's so many nutrition considerations for when you're actually pregnant and you're going to so many doctors' appointments. And I highly recommend that you partner with a dietitian during that time so that you can be watched really closely. Cause there's so many different things that can that can come up and you could get gestational diabetes. Like there's just so many different things. Um, so we probably won't dive into all of the nutrition considerations for pregnancy in this episode. But if y'all want that, definitely DM me on Instagram if you're like, hey you know, what What do we need? But I think we can speak to maybe healthy weight gain. Because I think, you know, you speaking to body image, our bodies are changing so much. I think people are afraid to gain weight, or they think it's bad if they're gaining weight during pregnancy, where no, this is actually a good thing. And you're supposed to gain a certain amount of weight throughout um, your whole time being pregnant. So I don't know if you could speak to that a little bit, or just reassure people that it's okay to <laughs> gain weight during pregnancy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you are growing a human. Your body needs extra calories and extra nutrients and extra weight to do that. Your recommended weight gain is going to depend on your pre-pregnancy BMI. Um, some women may need to gain more weight than others, um, just depending on kind of like where you started out and what the the best weight range is for you. Mm-hmm. But no, like some women may see the final number and it may scare them a little bit or make them uncomfortable, but it's not all like fat gain that we're gaining, you know, the weight goes to support a variety of different parts of the body. So some of it is, of course, the baby, some of it is amniotic fluid, some is the placenta, some is, you know, increased volume of body fluids, some of it is increased blood, you know, it goes to support a lot of different areas that are so vital to growing and developing this human. Um, I will say in terms of like how your weight gain goes, it's going to vary from person to person. So it is interesting. I don't know if you know this, Abby, but I'm actually pregnant right now. I didn't know. Oh my God. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, this is so funny and amazing. I love it. How
0: timely. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank thank you you so much for doing this interview while you're pregnant right now. I appreciate it. After you're like working all day. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Um, but it is interesting, like being in the process, like it's definitely yeah. weight gain is not always linear. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, certain charts kind of show this perfect line of like how your weight gain should be. And that's just not how it is from an individual to individual basis. Yeah. But instead of weight gain, like I like to focus more on what are you eating? Mm. You know, are you eating these nutrient dense foods? Um, are you focusing your diet mostly on whole foods? because during pregnancy I keep saying this but you know certain nutrient needs do can increase quite a bit so it is important to be making your food choices count and making sure that you're hitting the right nutrients yes absolutely and I know a huge
0: thing is calcium and especially in mm-hmm. our like a dairy free world everyone's got a dairy allergy now it's hard for people to get calcium because people aren't drinking milk now so what what are you doing right now for calcium and what would you recommend to your
1: patients to get more calcium in? Yeah. So the prenatal vitamin I take actually contains calcium, but I also get it from food. You know, it's important to get it from a combination of both. Um, So I get calcium from, I do eat dairy products. I am a fan of Greek yogurt personally. Mm -hmm. If you don't eat dairy, you can get calcium from other foods. For example, it's in broccoli, it's in tofu. It's also in certain fatty fish, like salmon and sardines. Um, which are another really good food for pregnancy. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people get scared by fish um, because there's mercury levels in in fish. Um, So that is something to be mindful of, but there are different types of fish that have different levels of mercury. So if you stick to the low mercury fish, um, some of my favorites are sardines, salmon, anchovies. Mm -hmm. Those all are lower mercury fish. And they contain DHA, which is an omega-3 fatty acid that's important for baby's brain development. And it is recommended still, even though they're low-mercury fish, to limit quantity to about 8 to 12 ounces of that per week. Mm -hmm. But that is a nutrient that is important to be getting in the diet. And it's something that I often don't see in a prenatal vitamin. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of people I also think have the misconception of, oh, I'm pregnant. Like all I have to do is take a prenatal vitamin and I'm good to go. But the truth is it's pretty unlikely that the prenatal vitamin is meeting all of your nutrient needs. Mm -hmm. So that's why diet and understanding important nutrients for pregnancy in combination with that prenatal vitamin is so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And they've done studies on that too, where they look at vitamins in isolation. Like if you just take you know, vitamin A pill versus if you have a sweet potato, which is essentially like vitamin A pill, how does the body react and how does that um, impact different health outcomes, biochemical biomarkers and things like that? And time and time again, they're finding that it's the real food. It's the vitamins and minerals in combination with each other in the whole food that the, the body just responds better to versus the synthetic lab made version which I feel like we Absolutely. know this, like we know this logically, <laughs> and like it makes sense. But then when we go to cook, it's like, oh, I don't feel like making a sweet potato. I'd rather just take a pill. Uh,
1: so we're trying. Yeah. So even in, you know, there's certain times like in the first trimester, like a lot of women may struggle with morning sickness, food mm. aversions, things like that. And, you know, it may be a little tougher to be eating those nutrient dense foods. Like for a lot of women, salmon doesn't sound great in the first trimester. And I get that there's plenty of time definitely for nutrition, you know, you want to prioritize those foods as much as possible. But there are some times where you know, it's, that's why it's important to be leaning on that high quality prenatal vitamin. And that's also why it's important to focus on nutrition preconception because you've had those you have those nutrient stores already as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's such a good point. Uh, if you're open to talking about it, is
0: there anything that now that you're going through this, like you know, you've learned about it in school, you've counseled patients and clients on prenatal care and pregnancy nutrition? Um,
1: is there anything that surprised you going through the experience yourself so far? I think I was most surprised in the first trimester just like mm. how much my taste changed for food so like i yeah so i did experience like a little bit of morning sickness not too bad fortunately um i did experience like some food aversions that were unexpected uh like i experienced meat aversions um, I experienced like Brussels sprouts could not look at them oh, no. <laughs> like random things, but I think the strangest thing was like, I usually am a sweets person. Like mm-hmm. I have a sweet tooth. I like having like some sort of dessert at the end of the day and like sweets just were not appealing to me, which was like the first time in my life that has ever happened. Um, now things have sort of like balanced out and I'm sort of that ba- now I'm in the second trimester mm-hmm. and back to closer to like my normal my pre-pregnancy way of eating, but it was very interesting early on, like how much my taste preferences changed. Wow. Yeah. And just like every day, I mean, I
0: think it's hard to meal prep for that because you're like, I don't really know what I'm yes. going to be in the mood for the next day.
1: Yes. That was something that was really interesting because I'm definitely like more of a, of a meal prep person. I'm not like a full like meal prep, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and mm-hmm. snacks, but I like to meal prep like a few things. And it is more challenging to do that during pregnancy because you don't know what food will taste good, or you don't know what food will be like, sound absolutely disgusting in the moment. Um, but I think like, after like, you know, a few weeks or so, like you do kind of get into a habit and I was able to develop like staple foods that, you know, I could handle and we and figure out like where to add nutrition. Um, so that's actually something else that I work on with clients is like, okay. What foods sound good for you? Mm -hmm. Um, For a lot of women, it may be like bread and cheese. Okay, great. Like, can we add, what can we add to that? Like maybe we can add some eggs. Eggs are another amazing food for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite foods for pregnancy. Uh, Just a second to highlight eggs, but eggs are a great source of choline, which is a really important nutrient, also important for baby Mm -hmm. brain development. Um, And then they have a ton of other nutrients in them. They have vitamin A, D, B12. Um, B12. They're really just have a ton of nutrients that aren't in a lot of foods. And the majority of the nutrients are actually in the egg yolk. Mm-hmm. So it's important to eat the whole egg and not just the egg white. Mm-hmm. But going back to like planning. So yeah, bread, cheese. Can we add some eggs? Can we add some avocados? You know, healthy fat. Um, What can we add to this to add a little bit more nutrition to your plate. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I love that. And see like what, what they're able to tolerate. And sometimes people can, I mean, I think eggs are great too. They're the protein that is just, it's so bioavailable. Our bodies just mm-hmm. love soaking up the protein from eggs. And there's so many different ways to cook eggs that if you're having texture versions, it can help to try and make the egg a different way.
1: So you can still get that nutrients. Totally. And some people struggle with eating eggs. Like those sound gross or- the smell is bothering me or whatever the case may be. But also like think about dishes where you cook eggs into, Mm -hmm. like maybe you make an oatmeal bake and it has a cracked egg in it, or maybe you bake something and it has eggs in it. Um, There's a lot of different ways that you can get eggs in besides just, you know, eating the plain egg by itself. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. I love that. Awesome. And then anything like postpartum that you'd recommend
0: as far as nutrition goes?
1: Yeah, so postpartum nutrition is sort of this forgotten area. Yeah. Uh, but what many people don't realize is that postpartum nutrition is just as important as during the prenatal time. Mm. So it is important to continue with supplementation postpartum. Uh, postnatal vitamins do exist. Okay. And that's because some nutrients are really important for recovery. Uh, so vitamin A, vitamin C, zinc, and also protein um, are important to support recovery, similar to how they support wound healing. Also folate and iron are important to prevent anemia, especially with, you know, bleeding that can occur during childbirth. And also if you're breastfeeding, so maternal diet can influence certain nutrients in breast milk, uh, specifically B vitamins, choline, and DHA. And I'm not saying that to scare anyone from breastfeeding, but just rather point out that the importance of postpartum nutrition, Mm -hmm. mom will always make breast milk that is optimal for her baby. You know, nature is really smart and breast milk changes based on the baby's needs. You know, Mm -hmm. breast milk that mom initially makes is different than the breast milk she makes weeks after giving birth. Breast milk in the morning is different than breast milk at night. Um, It's constantly adapting to support baby's needs. And also mom passes immunoglobulins or antibodies to babies in breast milk. So mom is always making the optimal breast milk, but it's still important to focus on your nutrition postpartum. Um, in addition to supplementation, of course, nourishing yourself with nutritious meals. So in addition to those nutrients, you also need to consume sufficient calories to support recovery and also to support milk supply. Mm. And then again, this is a good time to be working on your relationship with food and body image, as always. But you know, it took nine months to grow and develop a baby. It could take nine months to you know get back down to where you were pre-pregnancy as well. So, giving yourself grace, um, doing things that can make you you know feel good, like wearing clothes that are comfortable and wearing clothes that fit. And more so focus on just nourishing yourself with nutritious meals, kind of like we were talking about for the three to five years out before pregnancy, like eating whole foods, eating balanced meals, eating consistently, all those things that can just support yourself postpartum. Yes, I love
0: that. And I was actually just reading a study. I'm doing a systematic review for my internship right now about intuitive eating. And one of the studies I was looking at was um, how does intuitive eating impact women in that postpartum? Period. And they found that intuitive eating was really effective in decreasing mom's risk for postpartum depression. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, that is so interesting. Like, yes, it helps with, you know, increased, you know, fruit and vegetable variety and increased intake. You're working on that relationship with food. You're listening to your body's hunger and fullness cues and responding out of care, love, and respect for yourself. Like, all of the regular intuitive eating things that we feel. But because intuitive eating, helps with size acceptance and body positivity or body neutrality. Um, you just you have a lot of peace during that time. And yes, you're building peace with food, but you're also having more peace with your body. So those women that were at risk in the study for postpartum depression, like it didn't get postpartum depression. Really amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, is there anything that you would – say to people out there that are in that postpartum era and they just want to lose all of their baby weight.
1: Yeah. So, I would say, you know, focus on nourishing yourself, supporting your body. You know, your body just went through a lot giving birth. It needs to recover. Um it definitely needs that extra nourishment, especially if you are breastfeeding. And also we you know, you know, restrictive dieting doesn't tend to work long term. So, if you are, you know, calorie counting or going on a restrictive diet, you know, you may see success in the short term, but it often leads to regain in the long term. So, it's really more important to be working on those sustainable healthy habits uh, instead of going on restrictive diets. And not only that, you know, restricting certain foods could lead to suboptimal nutritional intake, and we know nutrients are really important during this time. Yeah. Um, also, it can just have repercussions on your mental health, you know, it can cause stress, anxiety, feelings of failure, um can negatively impact your relationship with food in the long term and lead to poor body image. So, during this time, it's really important to, you know, be supporting yourself the best way possible, um nourishing yourself with nutritious meals and really taking care of yourself. Mm, yes, how can you nourish yourself? I love
0: that. And is there any advice that you would have for the men? Uh, is there anything
1: that they should be doing nutritionally? Oh, actually, that's a great question. So pre-pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, we talked about women, what they should be doing. We talked about the prenatal vitamin. We also talked about eating a balanced diet. There actually, there are some more specific foods that women could focus on, but let's go to men. Men are half of the puzzle. So their nutrient stores and eating a nutrient dense diet are also important for them, um, Mm -hmm. taking a multivitamin is also something that they can do as well. Um, that way they can get, you know, the folate in, and also other important nutrients, um, just in a well-rounded multivitamin. So actually in my prenatal, um, vitamins handout, I do have a couple of multivitamins for men because they're just important, especially pre-pregnancy. Awesome. Awesome. Great. And
0: does physical activity impact, Anything there or, I mean, I know generally we should be moving our body in a way that feels good and there are recommended amounts of exercise,
1: but do you feel like that aids in any way with fertility? Anything you'd recommend? You know, I'm not sure if it has a specific impact on fertility, but like generally speaking, we know it's part of a healthy lifestyle and it can can also reduce stress levels, Mm. which is really important, you know, before, during pregnancy as well. Um, so it's good to get that regular physical activity in to make sure that you're supporting, you know, an overall healthy lifestyle, reducing stress, um, also getting adequate sleep. Those are all important factors. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Just the general
0: healthy lifestyle, bringing everything together. Is there anything else that you would want to comment
1: on as far as nutrition for any phase of fertility that we've talked about? A few other things that are important pre-pregnancy. I would say one other thing that is important. Uh, would be just to start familiarizing yourself with prenatal nutrition, Mm -hmm. including which foods to avoid and which foods are important to include. That way, you know, if and when you do get pregnant, you have an idea of what foods are good to include and what foods are best to be avoided during pregnancy. Um, Just because it can be really overwhelming when you find out. And there's so much information on Google and just like everything with nutrition, you know, everyone and, ever, and anyone has an opinion on this. Yeah. Um, so I would say, try your best to familiarize yourself with prenatal nutrition from accredited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, you know, if you do become pregnant, it's not a super overwhelming experience and it's an easier transition.
0: Awesome. I think that's really great advice. And where can people find you? Is there anything that you're
1: promoting right now? Yeah, um, so you can find me. My social media handles are at wellbymel underscore. Um, my website is wellbymelnutrition.com. And I currently, you know, post content on women's health. I do see one-on-one clients uh, geared towards women's health. And then I will soon have a Nourished Pregnancy Guide available, um, hopefully over the next month or so. (laughs) Amazing. Well, we will definitely link all of these things in the
0: show notes so that people can find you and your blog posts, handouts, website, all of the things. And last question for you, Mel, is what is something that you're going to do this week to make your week
1: better? Oh, I love that question. So... I'll do things that will overall help reduce my stress and just make my life easier for the week. So for me, on weekends, I like to go grocery shopping and I like to prep a couple of things. Like I usually prep breakfast. Um, I eat an oatmeal bake for breakfast pretty much every week. Like I'm, it's it's pretty set schedule for me. And then I may prep a couple like vegetables, like get them chopped and ready. It's easier to assemble having those foods like prepped and ready to go just makes it easier to assemble nutritious foods throughout the week. And when you make eating healthy, the easy option, it's a lot easier to sustain. So I like to do those things because I know that they'll help reduce stress and and just set me up for success for the week. I love it. Well, we are fans
0: of meal prep here at Be About Being Better too. So I love that that you're (laughs) modeling that. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Mel. I really appreciate you and your time and and all of your knowledge. Seriously, amazing.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun.
0: Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better